only. This podcast may include topics such as human trafficking, sex trafficking, sexual abuse and forced sex acts, suicide, and labor trafficking in general. Please be advised. Hello and welcome to Help I Need an Adult. We're here at Fogwash Studios with my co-host as always, Megan, Mixmaster Chef, and our special guest, Tina Her background includes hairdresser to human trafficking advocate and all the way to social worker student extraordinaire. So we're here to talk about some topics and I say let's get started. Awesome. Thanks so much for having me. This is so exciting. It's my first podcast. Well, well, how thank you, you for being today? here. I'm yeah. doing great. Yes, I'm just super you. stoked to be here and feel super privileged to share my story and hopefully bring just advocacy and education and so that individuals just feel empowered whenever we're all done. Yeah, it's something that I think people may not like to talk about it a lot, but it's something that needs to be brought up in mm-hmm. in people need to be aware of i guess you could say and educated like i think that's the biggest thing the the more educated we can be about human trafficking and and things like that the better off our society will be absolutely maybe Um, it's one of those things that people hear about but they don't really get the the deets people well i think like tina was saying i think a lot of people are misunderstanding what it is and confusing it with other things and seeing movies and not really hearing from people who are actually working with these people who are victims of of human trafficking and i think that's what we need to hear we need to hear from the people who work with them and um and how we can help and right. because i think what was it um polaris had a statistic that human track of human trafficking went up 25 percent yeah. in 2018 yeah that's, that's just, insane yes that's a high percentage yeah. jump you know and you know um so that was what i wanted to ask you about it went up 25 percent yeah is that just America or is that all over the so world? So with Polaris, so it, so through as we kind of go through the podcast, I'm going to share different resources that if you want to know more about human trafficking and sex trafficking, and these are resources that I trust and um, that I feel give some of the best kind of comprehensive information, but as well as it's easy for everyone to understand whether you work in a nonprofit, whether you're a mom, whether you're a teacher, whether you're a dad, a doctor, so that everyone then can be included because if not everyone is fighting against this horrible atrocity, then it's not going to stop. Right. You need it in like a format that everybody can digest yes. easily. Absolutely. Because it's a lot. I mean, yeah, like, happy Saturday, everyone. <laughs> like, hey. here we go. So, yeah. And so I just think with, I think there's a lot of different avenues as to why it's increased. I think a lot is we're a very social savvy, you know, world. And a lot of trafficking takes place through social media. Um, And I always share with people, too, that people who are predators or who are traffickers, they know their victim. So they know who to look for that's vulnerable. They know who to look for that's marginalized. They know the child who has low self-esteem. Right. They... And this are is because smart. Of and I hate media. and you know, even saying that it's like they are smart and they know how to exploit and they know how to use psychological war- warfare and physical abuse. And so I think there's so many factors. It's increased. I think it's social media. Um, I think pornography has a lot to do with it. I think that we, we're an easy access society. We can get on a plane in Atlanta and be in another city in an hour. You're one click away, as they would say. Yeah, absolutely. And I think to there are we have a very highly sexualized culture it's like if you look from 10 years ago to now even with movies and music and what's on television 
it is so different and it's pushing boundaries. Mm -hmm. And so I think it's increased for so many reasons. And I think two people are also alone. And if you think about it, social media, we are such a technology saturated society that there is that lack of connection and there is the lack of social skills and there is a lack of interacting with people. And so when you're alone and you need to have satisfaction and if you get that through sex or through human contact, then you can pay for it. Right. And so I think there's so many factors. And people always say, too, they're like, what's the one reason for sex trafficking or human trafficking? It is such a, oh, sorry. It's such a complex being right. that it's not just one thing. It's always there's evolving, so many right? Absolutely. Yeah. And it's so funny that you say that because it's like there are literally apps and websites that are directed at people like, Oh, you don't get out a lot, you know. Right. You can use this app or this website right. to get in touch with people Absolutely. when it's like, you know, normally you would just go to Absolutely. a bar, or maybe right. and just talk to the person. Yeah, you can go to Tinder. Right just, or left. Yeah, right, right, left. Not You're there you go. Like Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, I'm like, so sorry. And plus two, I think a lot of law, you know, like you've got backpage. Oh, yeah. You hear about and that you've got Craigslist. Time. And yeah. it's like there's a lot of big companies that also whether they want to admit it or not they are feeding into sexual exploitation that's what amazes me like you know facebook like yeah social media and stuff like that it it, it's like they don't obviously they're so big that they just can't say hey we've got to lock this down because it would just take millions of dollars but it's so crazy how people are so blatant right that they would just say hey you know we're gonna post this on social media and we don't we don't care right and and nothing happens and it's just, I really am glad that you've come here to let us know, like, hey, you know, it's not just like all oh, secrets and alleys right. and stuff. It's right in your face. Absolutely. Things you see, you might see them every day and not realize right. it, but it's there. And I also tell parents, too, it's like if you have a child or a child that you have custody of, if you're a foster parent, like if you are a biological parent, like if your child is on social media, you have to be social media savvy with them. So you have to have the conversations. There has to be boundaries. There needs to be a dialogue to where if something goes on, your child feels safe and they can come and talk to you and say, hey, this guy messaged me. I don't know what this is about because kids are so vulnerable. He wants to bring me pizza and beer. Right. I don't understand. Absolutely. And so it's like I always share with parents, like it is an awkward conversation. It is uncomfortable. And it's like if you feel that your child is ready to have that conversation, if they're ready to be on social media, it is a responsibility. And as a parent and myself as an aunt and as a godmother, it's my responsibility to ensure that the children in my life are safe. And so it's having that open dialogue, even though it's like so painful and so (laughs) awkward. But in the end, your child then is going to be empowered. And they are instead of living in this state of fear or unknown, they're going to feel empowered. And then there's this open dialogue to where you can have with your child about social media that then can lead to other serious topics that are able to talk about, whether it's suicide, whether it's depression, you know, whether it's anxiety, self-harm, then you open that dialogue and that they know, okay, I can come to my mom, my dad, my grandmother, my aunt, my guardian and have these conversations. Right. And which is amazing because then it's like, okay, now there's that awareness. And now they know how, okay, here's how I can be empowered. And this is what I can do. I can talk to them. Yeah. Yeah. And they need to be able to talk to their parents because if they send, if something gets sent to them and they feel like, oh, I'm going to be in trouble because this person sent me this inappropriate content and they're asking me for something inappropriate, then they're going to think, 
if they can't come to you, I'm going to be in trouble. Right. And I'm that's doing, where the manipulation starts. Absolutely. It's like I'm. they feel like I'm doing something yeah. wrong, yeah. you know? And what's weird, too, is, you know, when we were kids, it's like that was never a talk your mom had with right. you. Right. It's, it's like, hey, you know, when you get on Facebook, you're like – Back when we were kids, like there was no, there right. was no internet. You wrote letters, right? Yeah, you're like, hey, don't write letters to weird people, right? Right. You know, but like now it's like, hey, when you get on Facebook, you need to be careful about right. talking to people, and they're like, it's, it's so weird how we have that shift, yeah. and it, and you're right, like eventually, it doesn't matter who you are or where you live or you know whether you're black, white, Asian, doesn't matter. You're going to have to have that talk with your yeah. kids eventually. Like when you get on Facebook or Craigslist or, you know, Tumblr or whatever the yeah. heck you're doing, like there's eventually you're going to run into something weird. Well, Absolutely. you have to talk to them about it, too, even before then, because if you don't right. and you're not. They need to well, be prepared for oh, it. Right? Yeah. Well, I mean, I think we and some of the information you sent most of the time, it's people, you know, yeah. It's people you know. It's not a stranger. It's somebody you know. That's shocking. That's what shocks me. Who hurts you, manipulates you, or even yeah. sells you. And yeah. um, you know, how do you, how, you know, how do you approach that? Because yeah. these are adults. You're supposed to be trusting them. Right. I mean, and that's what we teach our kids. You know, trust right. these adults. These people are supposed to love you. And how confusing is that for a child? This right. person is supposed to love me, but here they are, and they're hurting me, right. and they're using me, and they're doing all kinds of terrible things, Absolutely. you know. And and I think that because that you're like, oh, this person is your family, and they love you. They're like, oh, okay, it must be okay, right? Yeah. Right. It's or not, they feel like they're going to get in trouble, right? Because they're like, right. oh, you know, I, I well, this is I I have been taught that this is bad, right? But like, I must be doing something right. wrong. And a child, too, developmentally, depending on where they are at, cognitively, psychosocially, emotionally, they're not ready to handle something that is horrific, such as sexual abuse, because mentally and emotionally, they're not even up in order to process it. Right. And so it's it's the thing of where I always share with parents, be proactive versus reactive. With ants, like I'm an aunt and a godmother, be pro. Try to be proactive versus reactive. Of course, respect the child's age, their developmental, where they're sitting in that kind of the, that developmental stage through their life, and go to resources and chat with people. Like if you're involved in a faith community, like chat with your your pastor. If you go to a temple, like chat with people there. Chat yeah. with other parents. Look up resources because it is parenting is so scary. Like, and it's so overwhelming and like being an aunt and a godmother is scary and so overwhelming, but it's like, okay, what can I do to bet, to best not only protect and ensure safety in the child's life, but to empower them? Cause it's like, it's also, it's that gray line of where you want to have the conversation, but then you never want to have it too soon as well. So it's like, I always share with parents, like, you know, your kid best, you know, you know what they can handle and what they can't, but also too like look into development, like start learning about child development. What does that look like? You know, how does that moral development work and cognitively? And then you able to compare that together. And as well too, like my faith for me is very important. And it's also like, okay, God, like, where are you leading? You know, if your, if your spiritual journey is important to you, it's tapping into that as well, because it has to be a fully holistic approach because we're, 
full human beings. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? We're like, fallible. Absolutely. And it's just, and it's hard. Like, no one wants to have the conversation. It's like having the conversation about sex. You don't want to have that with your kid, but like, you know, you got to. Yeah. Like, you know, the, the like, birds and the bees. You're like, great. <laughs> your kids don't want to have it with you either. No. They're like, oh my <laughs> gosh, this is too like, much. You, you think it's awkward for you? How do you think they feel? Yeah. Like, They're like, no. whoa, I don't right. know, dad. Mom, I thought we I... were just going to have ice cream. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, when you said birds and bees, I literally thought we were talking right. about like, wait, honey. Yeah, honey. We're, we're going to get a honey farm. We're, we're going we're gonna to start. <laughs> Bee farming and and then you talk about this and I'm right. I don't I can't. Well, take we this. actually we bought I bought a book that Absolutely. was age appropriate for the girls yes. and I have read it with them several times <laughs> and it is still it is still awkward totally. for them for Listen, them too. Yes. It is like Marley has read that to me. And oh, I'm, I And I'm I was like, <laughs> she came down here. And, oh my God! Am I allowed to say? Is it okay if I say your name? By the way, yeah, that's what. Okay, it's called the she, um, your your amazing body. It is yes, not. Yes, I know the one exactly okay. you're talking yeah. about. Yes, she read it to me, and I was like, she's like, hey, you know, Mr. Matt. They say, hey, Mr. Matt, I want to read this book to you, and I'm like, amazing body. I was like, cool, it sounds sweet. Yeah, what an anatomy. Hey, come cool, on, Matt. You know, come on, Marley. And she's she's just like, and it starts talking about, it, and then she, and I'm just like, oh. <laughs> This is not what I thought this was. This it literally was just like, you know, you're driving and on you're a nice in, straight. And you can't yep, get out. Then nope, you go down yes. into the cave and you're like, oh, we're already you, here. You got to get well. to the end. I don't know if I should apologize for putting you in that situation. <laughs> well, the thing is, is Good you know, no, right, no one was around. And I was just right. like, I didn't know how to do it because I'm, I'm a new father. I'm not even a, technically a father. My kid's not born yet. So I'm like, I, I'm just going to, this is going to happen to me. Right. So I need to just. Deal with it embrace and it. embrace it, right? And she was talking about things, and I was just like, <laughs> "Okay, all right, yeah." And I, you're yep. like, "I can't leave." Yep. Uh, oh, really? Okay, that good to that know. That I, I did not know that. I knew it actually, but I was right. just trying to. But put now on the, I'm informed. Thank you. I appreciate that. Um, <laughs> yeah. And then just you know, she kept on going, and I'm just like, "Okay." All right. Uh, all right. Cool. Yeah. W really? Wow. All right. Okay. It's a great book. And it was, it was, it was, I just didn't realize, I, I think I didn't think that the book would go that. Sure. Like it was a good book, but I didn't realize it was that good of a right. book. Like it's really trying to get your kids into like, hey, listen, Absolutely. this is what this is about. This is nature. This yeah. is life. You're going to learn totally. about it. And you need to learn about right. it. You need to know about these things. And that's why we we I use the proper names for the vagina and the Absolutely, penis. Yes. I don't make no, it's not it a game. It it's not funny. Yeah. It's your body. And Absolutely. um, I think that was what was weird is when she it was talking about the vagina and she said that and right. I was just like people are uncomfortable yeah. and with so that. Kids needs to know. Absolutely. I'll admit it. I'll admit it. When you're you know your best one of your best your best friend's kid. Says the word vagina. Right. It just you're just you're like okay. I know, but it, why okay. is that weird to people? I mean, like that's what it's yeah. called. I mean, it, to me, that's it what's is. weird because I don't want them to be uncomfortable with their vaginas. Absolutely, it's your vagina. It's, yours. it's on your body. <laughs> you have it. You, Absolutely. Why should you be uncomfortable it's not saying going away. that word? It's not going and away. Why, I'm not. Sure. I'm not uncomfortable Listen, with my vagina, Megan. She was not uncomfortable with that <laughs> word. Okay. And that I that was proud of her, but it was just like 
I was like, holy crap, you know, you're, wow, okay, Megan has taught you well. But how great is that? Like, you were so proactive. Like, you found this age-appropriate book right. that you know that they, I'm sure it has pictures and so that they can connect It did have pictures. It. And it, you know what I mean? And it's like you're starting yeah. now, but, like, just to, like, honor you as a parent, like, you're like, okay, I want it. I want to be able to communicate with my child, but I want to do it on her level. Yeah. So it's not too soon. And, you know, having those, just that dialogue, you know what I mean? Like, that's awesome. Well, what it was, was cool. really hard to pick that book out because it was, un- if, if I'm honest with myself, it, it was uncomfortable to be like, you know what? I think this is the easiest and best way to communicate sure. this topic um, because it, it was uncomfortable for me too. Right. But, but I think we're almost raised to be that way, to yeah. be ashamed of those parts, to be say, you know, like eh, I don't, right? You know, why do we do that? Right. And and I don't want them to, like I said, I don't want them to feel ashamed of their body. I right. don't want them to be afraid to say the word vagina Absolutely. or penis. And Absolutely. I don't, you know, like, you know, that was one of the things that I read um, about, you know, helping your kids not get molested. Basically, right. was to teach them the yeah. anatomical correct names yeah. for their body parts and to say hey these specific parts are not there for you only absolutely yeah that's not okay it and that's what's great was like she was excited to like talk about it but she knew right that it was like you know these things are like they're private they're mine right like they're not okay to just right. be in but she was like excited to it was like she was like i know like I know about this stuff right. and I'm informed and I was just like, Hey, I'm Mr. Matt's just not ready. <laughs> you just got to give Mr. Like, Matt a couple seconds. Thank you. I'm going to go get a snack. Yeah. <laughs> I need to go get a soda Appreciate pop. Appreciate that. Yeah. But you know so what? So glad you were empowered. I am yes. so, you were empowered. <laughs> I am glad. I'm, I'm just. It was great. It was a great I conversation. I just feel like, you know, I had Listen. a lot of stuff happen to me growing up and I don't want that to happen right. to my kids. Absolutely. And to me, that's one of. Absolutely. I think that's the thing. I think sex, like you said, our society is very sexualized. Yeah. Um, sex is also very taboo, too. So yeah. it's in two different directions. Um, pornography, even Joe Rogan one time was like, there's so much porn out there now that they could stop making it because totally. you're never going to be able to watch all of that. Right. Like, I mean, it's just everything's out there. And just so. violence as well. It's like if you think about oh, yeah. just like the extremes of violence and how now normalized it is. And it's like, oh man! And then your video kids, games, video movies, games, everything. It's like everything. kids are getting constantly bombarded, and their little brains are not ready. You know, like yeah. it's so much to take well, in. I don't even think adults are ready for the. Inf- I mean, it's like an information mm-hmm. overload. Yeah. I mean, and and I know that there have been very violent times in human history. Mm. You know, before now, and and we, there are really great things going on now. But it's like sometimes it you really. And I'm guilty of not unplugging. Like, you really have to unplug. You really have to let your brain calm down. And you have to be here in this moment. And I think that's what so many people are worked up about this or that or the other. Y'all are too connected to the internet, not to humans, not to your neighbor. And I think that's what I want to do here is I want to connect to people in our community. Um, and I, you know, I feel a connection with you and, and understanding, you know, wanting to hear your experience and, and maybe we do differ on some things, but, but we're still 
a community. We're still a we tribe. Are human beings. That's right. We're a that's tribe right. of we're a tribe of humans, yeah. and that's what we are. And we need connection. And I think a lot of people are Absolutely. missing connection yeah. and hard work. <laughs> Y'all get out there and farm something. Yeah. Uh, take care of some <laughs> animals. We had an animal animal rescuer right. here last yeah. weekend. Do some good right. and stop complaining. Yeah. Um, but I wanted to ask you how you got into this, like yeah, because your sure. journey it's a crazy from story. I know because <laughs> I met you. Everyone sit back. Well, like we were saying, you know, it's there's so many things. You're like, it's when you hear about how I got into it, it's it's yeah. kind of a funny story. Yeah, because she, I met Tina years and years ago. She used to cut my hair when I worked you, at yeah, Starbucks. It was, how did you it meet was her? no, it was in. I started. I did her hair. Let's see. Was it in Canton? It was in Canton. So it was about 2007. Yep. Oh, wow. No, 2000, no, 2005. Yeah, 2007, 2008. And with a salon I worked at, there was a Starbucks down at the corner. Mm-hmm. And I would go down there and get my coffee. And Megan's in there was like, oh, come, I'll cut your hair. Like, And then she came in. Like, yep, I came in several times because yeah. Tina is awesome. So, so that's how we connected. And then you got to love social media. There are good things. And so, yeah, she just followed my journey and then was like, hey, do you want to come on your podcast? I'm like, okay, I'll come on your podcast. Cool. Yeah, like, because it, I mean, I, like I said, I've been following, like she said, I've been following her on Facebook, watching her go from Thailand to Cambodia to Australia. Yeah. And, and so I want to know how you went from right. that Absolutely. little salon. For sure. Yeah. So I, well, I'm a retired hairdresser now, but I did hair, I've, did hair almost 14 years. I retired last July, I say, like from the That's hair a industry. Long time. And so I was working at a salon in Canton, Georgia, and my faith is something is, is that's very important to me. And I was working and I was teaching um for Paul Mitchell at the time. And a friend of mine had was living in Thailand and working for an organization called Destiny Rescue. And she lived there for a year and came back to our church and was like telling us all about it. And at that point, that was like probably 2010 and so human trafficking and sex trafficking was still really grassroots so it hadn't really become a social movement at that point and she was telling me about it and I was like oh my gosh this is happening like to people this is horrible this is reality and this is I'm like this is real and so at that point the organization they had started a hair school program and I was like, oh, well, that's really cool, like teaching girls how to do hair. So it's a transferable skill. They could get a job and take care of their families and they, and then be able to leave working in the bars and the brothels. I was like, oh, OK. And so she like did her talk and she came up to me and was like, Tina, like I'm leading a trip. Would you want to come? And I had to I was like, first off, where is Thailand? I had to look on a map because I was not sure. Yeah. And I thought about it. She's like, you know, we would just love for you to come and teach and like work with the teacher that's there. And so she was like, it's going to be about two and a half weeks. And I was like, oh, so I asked my boss and I was like, okay, cool. She's like, yeah, I'll give you the time off. And so I went for two and a half weeks on a team trip uh, for this organization to do some hairdressing and teaching. And when I got there, I could not, I could not believe what was happening um, when we arrived, we went and did a tour of Patea. So for those of you that don't know, Patea is the number one, it's like it's called the sex capital of the world. Um, there's Walking Street and there's more than a thousand brothels on a mile. Holy road. moly. So Patea is about like a couple hours from Bangkok. You gotta be kidding me. And so the first we landed and that is where we went. And so we got in the hotel room and we changed and they're like, okay, you're going to see it full on and we walked walking street and i was like i could not believe 
the exploitation. I could not believe the utter debauchery. Yeah. Um, there were families there. There were men, of course, men outnumbered women. There were girls half naked in the windows. I mean, it was so intense and in your face and people being exchanged for money. And I remember walking this and I'm thinking, what have I gotten myself into? It seems like a lot to, it was to take in. so much to take <laughs> in. And I was like, dear Lord, please just give me your wisdom because I do strength. not know why I'm here. Because I'm about to like punch everyone up. Like, because yeah. you are seeing, because I remember we're walking down the road and there is, in Thailand, a mama-san is the woman who kind of runs the bar and who's over the girls. So I remember there's, the mama son, there's a girl about five years old with a backpack on, and there were two men, and they were bartering for her. And they handed over a wad of cash, and then they took this little girl. And I remember seeing, God, how can you, how is this being allowed to happen? Right. Like, and I've never had, I always tell people, it's righteous anger. I've never had such anger in my life. And I was like, okay, I've got to do something. Because now I'm aware. Right. I know what's happening. I have to do something. So then at that point, we went up to northern Thailand and I got to work with the girls who were rescued out of the sex industry. And I taught hairdressing classes, worked with them on their skills, worked with the teacher. And then we also then did the same thing in Cambodia. And I was like, I came back and I just let you all know I'm a crier, so I'm probably going to cry. So I came back and I just thought, I have to do something. I got to get involved in this, right? And it still makes me cry because there are children that are hurting and there are, and there's men and women who are being exploited and these are human beings. You know, I'm like human beings who were created by God. And so I came back and I was like, I have to do something. I was like, I don't know what I'm going to do, but I have to do something. And so I was like, I remember I called up my friend who led the trip and I was like, so I'm just asking what's the minimum time I can come? <laughs> she was like, um, I'm not really sure. And I was like, well, you know, I know the one teacher's there. And she's like, oh, no, Tina. She's like, your week you were there, that was her last week. She's like, there's not a hair school teacher. She's like, the program oh. stopped. And I was like, well, all right okay. <laughs> and she was like, let me call. Let me, like, figure out or whatever. And so... I like waited, 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 and I was like, okay, God, I'm like, if you want me to go, I'll go. Like, I will do whatever it is. Like, I'll do it. And so I was like, oh my gosh, like, what's happening? So she called me back and she's like, well, when could you be here? So at this point, it's like November, it's like probably November in 2011. And I, and she was like, when's the soonest you could be here? In my mind, I'm like, oh my gosh, I got my job. I got teaching. I have a house. Like, what the crap? And she was like, could you be here by January? And I was like, no. I was like, that is not happening. And I was like, I'm going to be there by March. And so I, my job was amazing. They gave, so I was going for three months. They gave me the time off from work. Paul that's Mitchell a, was amazing. I sorted time. my house and everything. Cause the whole reason I first went was because I was going for three months to help hire a teacher. Cause if you're not a hairdresser, you're not sure what to look for. You don't know what skills. And so they were like, yes, can you come and like, just get it up and running, help us hire someone. And then they can come and you can train them. And I'm like, oh yeah, perfect. So, like, I went, and within 24 hours of being there, I was like, this is where I'm supposed to be, like, without a doubt. And so 
I like did all this stuff and they're like, oh, they're, I was like, oh, I found someone to hire. And they were like, oh, you have? And I was like, yes, it's me. And they're like, oh, thank God. Like, <laughs> so, like we were hoping you. They were like, that. oh, so relieved. <laughs> and so then I did three months because I was on a three months visa. And so I called that my spring tour of Thailand. So that was like March to June. And then I came back to the United States because you have to apply for a year visa. So I came back. And then by September, I had packed up my house, packed everything, raised all the support that I needed. So I was a full-time volunteer and was gone by September. Mm-hmm. And then was there from September 2012 till mid-2015. Wow. 2015, 2016. 2015. Holy, that's I did about really five years. I'm like, I, it's all such a blur now. And so, yeah. So then I just went there and that was it. Cause I was like, okay, I have to do something. And at that point, this is what I knew I was supposed to do was to go. And I always share with people, it's like, not everyone can go. Right. Like, you know, like I had people here who were constantly supporting me financially, like ensuring everything was taken care of because they couldn't go, but then I could go. And so then, yeah, so I did that and I was based out of um, Chiang Rai, Thailand, which is northern Thailand. And I ran hair school programs for girls that were coming out of the sex industry. So everything from sex trafficking to sexual exploitation to girls who were working in bars and brothels. um, And basically our rescue team would go in and they would find these girls and would work with and would work with them. And then when they chose to leave, they then would come to our aftercare facility and we would do um, the aftercare program with them and hairdressing and counseling and job training so that they then could be upskilled and be able to support their families. How long is that process? So my program was the longest program. So typically with hairdressing, we would do, Minimum three months. So I always, I'd call it like the boot camp of hairdressing. And so (laughs) girls would come in for three months and we would go through basic skills to kind of see, okay, is this for you? And if it's not for you, that's okay. Let's find something else. And so we would get them prepped and ready for hair school because a lot of times the girls had been out of school for a really long time. They had maybe not gone to school at all. And so to get them ready for the school environment and I would kind of assess their skills. And then I would also work with the social workers and the counselors to make sure that they were, you know, emotionally ready to enter into like a public hair school environment. So they would do my program minimum of six months, maximum or sorry, minimum of three months, maximum six, eight, 12 months, however long it took. Um, and if they, cause you have to meet certain requirements. So if they like, you know, got caught sneaking out, then they had to start back over. So it's like, so all these different requirements. And then once they finished my program, they then would transition to a public care school in Thailand. And that was about six months. And so they would earn their certificate and then we would do job placement and place them into different salons, whether where we were located in Thailand, in their village, where they lived back with their families, if it was deemed safe, or some of the girls then would open up their own hair salons, which then we would do with them and do a micro loan program. And so they would be in my program minimum, maybe six to eight months, maximum two, two and a half years. And so it would really just depend on level of trauma, skill, age was a factor because you have to be 14 to enter hair school in Thailand. Right. Um, and so sometimes if they, we had to wait for their birthday to roll around. So yeah, so then that's what I did for, gosh, like five years or something. It's crazy. I can't even close my mind to even like think about it. So the age of people, of the, like the girls that would come in there, it would range anywhere from- Yeah, so my girls specifically range, the youngest I had was 13. Yeah. And then would range to about 13 to 17, 18. So the organization I worked for, we worked with 18 and under. Well, it was cool so that you we guys caught them 
Yeah. You, cu- you know what I mean? Because you were saying what some people could be in it for 30 Yeah, they, 30 you, years. it can be a whole life. Yeah. Like, you know, that's what you know. That's your lifestyle. Right. So we work specifically with minors and specifically with girls. Right. And so my job was vocational training. And so vocational training then would partner with aftercare. And so within aftercare, so the organization I worked for, it was rescue, restoration, and reintegration. And so it was the full thing. And so within aftercare, we then had an aftercare program. The girls would have counseling. They would do life skills classes, working on life skills and soft skills. Um, they would have group group therapy, group counseling, as well as be paired with a social worker. And then they also then could make jewelry. That's how they would make money when they were in aftercare. And then they, if they chose to come to hairdressing, then they'd enter my program. And then I then would work with all the different people in aftercare to make sure, okay, this is the fit. This is what they want to do. Here's how we need to get from point A to point B. And so, yeah, so hairdresser by trade in the U S and then I was a hairdresser in Southeast Asia. And so that's what I did was train and get girls ready. And then we, I had a school in Thailand and then I set up um, a school in Cambodia as well. Um, in the northern province, um, up in that area, kind of close to the Vietnam border. So, yeah, just crazy. Did you ever have any girls who, you know, meeting you, you're from the United States. Mm. Did they ever want to, you know, obviously that's their home. So I'm I'm guessing a large majority of them wanted to stay there. But were there ever any who were like, you know what, I want to go, I want to see what it's like in the United States. Maybe it's different. Maybe... Maybe it's it's a new like you were, you know, like I want to go to Thailand and see what it's like and see how go on an adventure. Did you ever have any? I can say from I can only speak of my of like my girls personally, but they loved their country and they loved Thailand and their family. And to be with their family was the goal That was was to stay there. And they loved like trying new things like, you know, it's like just like any teenager trying new foods, like going shopping and all those fun things. And so but for them, they you know, they wanted to be with their family and to stay there, which I think is beautiful. I'm like, awesome. Let's do that. But then you have other. And then I'm sure like there's other girls that, yeah, they have traveled, you know, they've gone to go, you know, gotten to go to different countries and different things like that. But for my girls personally, they wanted to be with their families and be in the village and be with the people that they loved and cared about. Right. Did any of them have a hard time leaving like the brothels or whatever? Like, as I wonder if sometimes, um, I know in some of that paperwork you sent, it's almost like a Stockholm syndrome where you kind of yeah, get stuck that's what with. I was thinking too. Like it's, I know sometimes those girls, I mean, even here, you know, they have a hard time taking those people because they're like they fight to yeah. actually stay with the yeah. with the predator because this is what I know and this is yeah. where I, you know, it's become normalized. Yeah, to them. there's so many things. So it's like when, <clears throat> and again, I can just I always share with people this is like my experience what I experienced in Northern Thailand, a lot of it's a bunch of, of multiple different factors. And so there could be a girl that could be stuck um, in a bar or brothel because her ID cards have been taken. And so if her ID cards have been taken, she cannot leave because she'll be arrested and then she'll be put in jail. And then, and as well within Thai culture, there's what's called saving face. And so in Thai culture, it's very much you it's about your reputation it's about saving face and if you have a child that is working in a bar or brothel and you're living in a village and other people find out about it you're really shamed 
And so it's also this thing. There are some girls that their parents didn't know they were even in a bar or a brothel. Right. And they didn't want them to know. They didn't want them to know because they needed to send money home. So a lot of times, too, I share with people is that, yes, are some um, and girls and guys. So let me preface. I will probably say girls a lot because that's the gender I worked with. But guys are just as susceptible to human and sex trafficking and sexual exploitation as women. And the girls I worked with a lot of times, their parents didn't know. Um, in Thai indigenous culture, when a girl turns 14, she is financially responsible to take care of her family if you were the oldest sibling. Wow. So a lot of our girls, they were the oldest sibling. They knew if they didn't go and work in the bar in the brothel, then their family would starve or their younger sibling would have to go. So a lot of it was self-sacrificial love. A lot of times the parents were tricked because traffickers would come into vulnerable, would go into villages that were vulnerable or that were very, very low and um and below the poverty line within that country and the traffickers would manipulate the parents and they would say oh we have a sewing factory in bangkok which is a great job you know mm. working you know in a factory if it's a good and safe and ethically run factory that's a good job and they say oh we have a factory we want your daughter to come to work you know we're going to give you a down payment you know here's 50 dollars, which is a lot of money and then she'll send money back. And so in the parents' minds, they're thinking, oh, this is an opportunity for my child. She's going to be, she's going to get to go to the city. She's going to work. And so they want to do what's best for their child. We'll come to find out, no, that's not where they were going. They were going to work in a bar. They were going to be forced to work in a brothel. And so there's that situation. A lot of times girls are then sold by family members, you know, by their parents or by aunts or by uncles or by siblings, depending on what the family demographic is. A lot of times parents that if you are living in a very, very poor village and you have five children, there were instances where a parent had to choose. Do I send one of my children to work in the bar in the brothel so the other four can live? So it's a very much a mindset that I think sometimes as Americans, because we have, we need to have more of a global view is that there's so many different reasons. And a lot of times too, when the girls are there, they didn't want to tell their families or they knew to be there. If they were there, they were making money, then their family was taken care of. And then their family's social status would raise. So then within the village, they have a lot of money. Like, you know, they have land, they have all these things. And so that is what is important to the girls is that their family's taken care of because it's a very collectivist culture. And so there's so many, there's so many different things. And then, because a lot of times people, a lot of times when I have conversations, people will say to me, oh, they choose. I do not think that anyone chooses to be in working in a bar or working in a brothel or chooses prostitution or chooses all these different things. Right. To me, there are circumstances and systems and factors that shape that then you then have to, then you decide where you're going to go. I don't ever think, oh, yeah, people, they choose that. No, they don't. <laughs> like, like you there's said. so many factors. Right. And I think a lot of times because of, like, the medium, because of movies and stuff that come out, we think, you know, sex trafficking is one thing, but it's so many factors. And it's understanding that, like, a lot of these girls, their families are starving. And a lot of these girls, because they came from an indigenous background, they weren't allowed to go to school. Right. So what are they going to do? Because in their mind, they're thinking, well, I'm worthless. I can't do anything, but I can sell my body. Because there's such there's a lack of self-esteem and a lack of self-worth because there's been systemic oppression from the government. And so there's so many different factors. And that's what I always share with people, like, just get informed, learn about the culture. Every culture is different. American culture is different from Thai culture. Australian culture is different from European culture. And 
it's understanding the why behind it. And it's understanding that these are people and they're human beings. And I worked with children and that these are children and that they're people. And I think a lot of times we think of it in massive numbers. Right. And it is a huge number and it is a huge problem. Like I've got statistics here. This is the newest statistics pulled from the um, International Labor Organization. And as of 2016, which was the last numbers that were pulled, 40.3 million people are in modern day slavery. So modern day slavery is another name for human trafficking. 40.3 million. It's a giant number. And then I always share with people to break it down. The International Labor Organization reports that uh, that. 5.4 5.4 victims out of a thousand are in modern day slavery. I'm sorry, 5.4 is way too many out of a thousand. Especially zero. in should 2019. Be, right. Yeah. And so I always share with people because a lot of times, too, I think it's, you know, it's like you think, oh my gosh, human trafficking, sex trafficking, it's this big thing. And it is, it's a huge global issue. It is a global social issue that is happening everywhere and it's like okay what can we do and there are things people pro because people say to me they're like well tina i'm just from canton so am i we all can do something (laughs) like we are all empowered people and so that's just my passion and part of the reason why i then retired from hairdressing after i moved back to the united states to become a full-time student and to become a social worker so that part of my journey is walking alongside people to be like this is the potential i see what do you want to do? Let's get you from point A to point B. And I'm just coming along for the journey because you are self-determined. You can make your choices, but I see your strengths. And so let's get you moving. And to me, it's the same thing with being an advocate for whatever cause that might be. If it's human trafficking, if it's, you know, poverty, if it's homelessness, you know, whatever that looks like. I just encourage people like to find your tribe, find your riot and no, find out what you're passionate about and just grab hold to it and just go full force. Do you think, and this might upset some people, but do you think what drives us, the, the trafficking and all that different things, is it is it more of in-country or is it the tourists? I think it's both, honestly. Because Equally. it's... Cause when you were, cause when I was it, when you're in Cambodia, they have what's called KTVs, which is basically like a bar brothel combined into one. Yeah. And a lot of times it's a, it's a mix of both. Same in Pate, it's a mix of both. Like I would say like in my professional opinion experience, do I think Western culture drives it more? Yes, I do. Right. You know, some people would disagree and that's fine. That's your opinion. That's from my work experience. But I always say, Local individuals, no matter the country, are just as guilty as Westerners. Right. But I think Westerners, yes, we play a huge portion of it. Yeah, I would think, I mean, absolutely. Some of the things that I've seen in media, and everything's yeah. like there. It's 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 just because you don't think it, you don't want it to happen, doesn't mean it doesn't. Yeah, it, it's there are people who that's the reason they go over yeah. there. Yeah, yeah. and eventually, and, and I always because people always ask me, they're like Tina, they're like, how do you? Because it is, it is a, it is a dark world, and it is sad. But there's also a lot of good. But people always ask, they're like, "How do you justify?" Right. Like how? And for me, like I said, my faith is something that's very important to me. In the end, God wins. Right. So like, my girls might not get justice here, but my word, when God comes back, like He's gonna get justice. That's what. I- in whatever way it is, and so for me, it's like my faith plays a big role because it's like. I can't fix it. You know, it's like, this is the world. This is the world that we're in. 
my girls have seen so much injustice and a lot of them have gotten justice through the legal system and some of them haven't, but it's like, I know that a shadow of doubt, they're going to get justice. And for me, that is what drives me forward because they may not get justice here, but they will get justice in the end. Well, the legal process for all of that stuff, even in here, is yeah. very complicated, isn't Slow. it? I mean, so much red tape. Yeah. Well, I mean, even the victims themselves can yeah. be prosecuted for what prostitution and jail yeah, for and that. Yeah, and it depends on how it falls under the TVPA, which yeah. is like right. this government. I law. mean, and that's why I wonder, like, the laws for that. Like, where's where is the line? Because you know, there are some women out there that just they do prostitute themselves. Right. I mean, and like you said, I think it's a matter of circumstance and maybe need to drugs. I don't know. There's a lot of circumstances right. to why a woman would prostitute herself um i feel like you know that should be your choice that's just my that's my sure. choice i don't if you're not if you're not forced into it by a man or another woman but you choose to prostitute yourself okay yeah, it's your choice uh, you know that that's right. not a choice for me to make right. for you um but as far as like children or people who are being right. forced into it so where i mean there's got to be a line there's got to be somebody here to say this person was drugged this person was forced. This person was coerced. Right. They were manipulated. They were beaten on. I mean, like that with the wheel of power. That yeah. there's so many things on there that you. I mean, it's like you said though. Where, what you know, even even over here, like we're supposed to be super first world country, civilized. It's like where's that line that you yeah. draw between like this person has been, you know, obviously has been mistreated and like taken advantage of and like. How, you know, you that person versus the like you're saying, like, no, I just did it because I need money. Yeah. And I, I willingly went into this. But then there's the person on the other flip coin that said, no, I didn't want to do this, but I had no choice. Yeah, like, my boyfriend forced me my, to do yeah, it. My, my mom, right, my dad forced right. me to do this. I mean, and, and now. that's hopefully like I have hope that like the legal system will continue to change and will continue to adopt so laws. Too. And that is why I went into social work and that's why hopefully when I graduate, I will be a social worker because that is where that advocacy comes into place because people who are voiceless and who feel disempowered have to have someone to advocate for them. Well, I mean, I can't imagine that you would feel like you had any power yeah, if you've been you abused for so years. And you, I mean, and, and then again, going back to what I had said before, that some of the people with like the Stockholm syndrome, yeah. like I know I've even talked to truckers who have gone to truck stops and they're at truck stops oh, yeah, and they'll call the police and they attack the truckers for calling right. the police uh, that seems insane they're just trying to do something yeah, right. and yeah. typically like in that case scenario granted i don't know the circumstances yeah. but a lot of time too is because they know if the police been called when they go back they're going to get the crap beat out of yeah. them and they're going to be abused or they're not or they're going to take all their money or they know like maybe they've said if you don't bring back such and such now i'm going to kill your mom i'm going to find your kids because it's such that because it's like it's such a cycle of such manipulation and it's such a it's the power and mm. it's power the coercion and, the and it's the and it's just like trauma and abuse and people that it's like obviously people if you've been told time enough again that you're nothing you're gonna believe that you're nothing right and it's such a lot of times too it's the I always say it's like that psychological just abuse and manipulation. After a while, it, you're done. Like, you can only take so much. And that's why it's so important. Like, I'm a big advocate for people that are in the legal system, police officers, to be trauma-informed so that they know when they're questioning someone, okay, this is why they're reacting this way. Because there's always a reason for a behavior. Whether we agree with the behavior or not, there's always a reason. And so it's about being trauma-informed. And it's about 
because people ask, they're like, well, what can I do? It's like, well, you know, it's like maybe have the national hotline for human trafficking in your phone. You know, have your local police department information in your phone. Know how to place a report with your local defects. If you see something, it's you being proactive or calling the safety number at the police station to say, hey, I've seen this. And it's about also being aware of your surroundings because I think, too, we're so I mean, you're walking and you're just texting like you're not aware and you're on your phone. And it's about taking a second and being like, okay, am I aware of my surroundings? What do I see? You know, what is happening? Right. It, It like the tech college I go to. They have a simple saying, if you see something, yeah. say something. Absolutely. It does if you see it and you think it's weird and you say something and they you know, they investigate it like, oh no, it's just some Right. What, like, what, all right, what, cool. What, okay, cool. But what if it's not? Yeah. Right? What what if what if you just because you called and you said, Hey, this is this situation is kind of weird. Right. Maybe you should send out the you know, the campus yeah, police or absolutely. something or what you know, it's And I call the police station all the time, let me tell y'all. <laughs> They probably see my number come up and they're like, this is Tina. Oh, like, Lord. Just How because you it's, doing, because Tina? It's, about, it's about being aware. And that's what I share with you. I think a lot of times, too, because, because it human trafficking, it's such a huge issue. You can feel overwhelmed and you can feel defeated. It's a lot. And yeah. you can just, and you can feel sad. And you are just like, what can I do? And it's like, these are the little things that move it. Because it's like when the organization I worked for, when they, would be able to find girls and they would rescue them. It was because someone tipped them off right? or it's because this person said something or because they had heard from another person that there were underage girls right. or they had seen something. And so I always share with people like, I know we might think it's such a small thing, but it's just those little things that you can do that. That is what leads to social change, you know, and that is what's going to, the more education you have, whether it's like going to websites and like being informed about it, you know, what you can do in your community, how you can help, you know, if that is where your passion lies, then you can, you know, whether you're volunteering at an organization or you're, you know, if they have, um, like there's different organizations that do like thrift stores, you can take your clothes there and you know that that money is going to go for a good cause. You know, you can donate monthly, you can sponsor a child, you know, that's coming out of the sex industry. You can fund projects, you know, there, you can volunteer. There's so many things you can do that, is so important and that does make a difference and that it truly does matter. I just honestly kind of going back to what you're saying when you first went there, like I, I have a bit of a temper. Okay. I'll just go and say that. And to have the self-control that you had of not just wanting to like punch the mama sons out or, or the two gentlemen who are, you know, like you see that and you're like, what? you just want to go like murk those people. Right. right? And like, how, how can you go to sleep at night in your bed yeah. and think, okay, yeah, whatever. It's just, I'm making money. It's fine. I'm yeah. selling a five-year-old into slavery. Yeah. I mean, it's I, no big deal. I, I wonder how that thought process yeah. works. I'll tell you, it's two of one thing. It's the grace of the Holy spirit for one <laughs> and two. And it sounds so simple. And like, and I, and I get this, I get this question all the time. Cause people would be like, how and it's i would say one it's the grace of god but also two and it sounds so simple but hurt people hurt people that yeah nine times out of ten if someone is you know involved with an underage child typically there's probably history of some sort of abuse maybe they've been or lack of connection or lack of attachment like there's so many things or they've been desensitized or something's happened and at the end of the day for me 
it is like we live in a sinful world and it's imperfect that we do and for me it's like i because people will ask because a lot of questions i get which is a very common question is they're like how can god let this happen right. how can god let this injustice happen that's a very valid question so let me tell you i searched for three years being like okay god what is it and something that for me that brought me peace and not everyone is on the same journey as me and that is totally fine what brought me peace is that god is not causing it to happen it's man's choices and so for me that is something that just gave me peace and at the end of the day it's like i know god's gonna have justice and Mm. i know my job is to be a voice for the voiceless and to be a voice for the vulnerable and to come in just blazing and being like, okay, this is what I'm going to do. This is what I'm going to say. And then if it makes some, if it's changed one life, which I know that it has, and thankfully God has blessed me to impact many people, then my job is done. So at the end of the day, God has put me here. And that's what I always, because people ask, they're like, well, Tina, that's such a simple thing. But then what's amazing is the flip side is that, but then God has put us here, whatever your calling is or whoever, you know, He's put us here then to make change. So it's like, yes, there's these issues, but then there's us that can create the change. It's a balance. And so, and for me, and that's just something that's brought me peace. And that's something I wrestled with. I still wrestle with to this day. And I think whatever, you know, your spiritual journey is, that is just what I came to peace with. And that is what allows me to get up every day and hopefully, you know, do my best and make some sort of good in the world. I think you've made, I mean, mean, honestly, if there's like a tally sheet maybe going, (laughs) I think you've pretty much kind of like already marked up quite a few things. Well, that's good. From what you said, I mean, you got to really honestly think about this and and break it down. Like the average person, if they're like, hey, would you like to go to Thailand and teach sex trafficking? (laughs) um, It's like when I think about it, I'm like, oh gosh. Like how to do hair? Would you like to do that? No? Yeah. And most people are like, oh. Uh, I think I'm going to go to Kroger and buy some, you know, popcorn or something. Have a great day. But you were like, yeah. All in. (laughs) You know what? Let's do this. Let's go to this country. I'm going to fly on a plane. I don't know where the hell I'm going. And I'm going to work with these people who have been traumatized. Yeah. And it's... It's an awesome thing. But it's, I think part of what Tina's trying to say too, though, is that you don't have to do that to make a difference. You don't. I yeah. mean, and I Which say is what's it, so amazing, right? Like, how amazing is that? You, like, you can you do can sit good from your things, home now and yeah. do it. Well, you right? can do good things every day. It's like I like to say, nothing you do is trivial. Amen. Sister. Everything you do may, has a ripple effect. Every person it's you like touch, that, every single right. day, how you interacted with them whether you were kind or whether you were not kind is going to have an effect on their day and somebody that is touching their life, it's going to have an effect on their kids or whatever. And, you know, people don't think about that a lot, but you, all you have to do is volunteer. I mean, I volunteer at the girls school. That's what I tried to do. And I, um, you know, you can tell kids like it when adults see them as a human, not as somebody beneath them or lower than them. It's because you're taking, right. You're taking the time out of your day to say, Hey, how are you doing? You matter. Right. right. You are important. That's, that's something I think adults really should do. Starting with very young Mm. children is say, Hey, you are a whole human. You might be tiny, but <laughs> you're, you're a whole. Yeah, you're important. And your opinions matter. That's right. What you feel hashtag whole human, and your feelings are important. That's why when I go up there and I t- especially kindergarten, mm. you know, and I and you know, it's every grade. But you go up there and you talk to them, and 
And you can tell they get so excited yes. when you get on their level, you look them in yes. the eye and you show, the yeah, you show them respect and you act, you, I mean, you're interested in what they have to say. And sometimes they have a hard time getting it all Absolutely. out, but you listen to them. Yep. And that makes a huge difference to a child for you yes. just to listen. Not only that, but they're adorable. Oh, they absolutely are. The best. Kids are the best. <laughs> Love it. I know there's a story I always tell when I when I was hairdressing. It's actually a book. It's called The Daymaker. It's by David Wagner. And there's a hairdresser who was working in um this is one of the busiest salons in Minnesota. And his client was booked like he was like, oh, that's weird. She's booked for a blow dry, but OK, whatever. And so like she came in and he just, you know, was a hairdresser and cared for her and like washed her hair and just like connected with her and had a conversation, did what he always did, made sure she felt loved, blew out her hair. She looked great. And he was like, OK, cool. I'll see you at your next appointment in three weeks. And, you know, went on to his next client. And then a couple of weeks later, he got a letter in the mail and the woman said, the reason why I came to you out of my appointment schedule is because after I left you, I was going to commit suicide. She goes, but because of your kindness and how you showed me that I mattered and you showed me that I'm important and you loved me. She goes, when I left the salon, I went and checked myself into rehab. Wow. And that's, just, and that's a hairdresser doing their job, loving people, having them feel beautiful and it's one of the best books, and that's one of the books that has really shaped my life. We had to read it when I was in hair school. Even if you're not a hairdresser, I totally recommend it. But, like, it's those acts of kindness. Yeah. And it's well, just, and it's just little. Like, it's like, just be, you know, be kind to your barista at Starbucks. Like, pop an extra dollar in there. Like, you know, it's just those little things. And I just feel like with kindness, that overcomes hate. Right. And you may not think it's a big deal. Right. But then... That person that you're saying that to, they're like, they feel so loved. They're like, oh my God, holy crap, that is, I can't believe that I did that. You know, like I made that person, I tell you what, man, start, when I go to service and I get some coffee, I am like, Love the baristas. I am so nice as baristas. Yeah. I, I would not want their job. <laughs> Kudos to you, all you baristas. I am Kudos. like, all I, I want some coffee, and I know they probably get yes. some people who oh, are. Oh, yeah. I'm just you like, would be surprised. There are some people who will man, have a no. vendetta against you for no reason whatsoever. And so You're th- like, and here is your coffee. Right. Hope you enjoy it. And they're, they'll take it and they'll look you straight in the eye and they'll sip it and they'll be like, this is disgusting. See, and give it back to you. That's horrible. But, you know, they're like, they don't even know who you are. And they're like, you know, hey, how are you doing this morning? Can I have your name? Is there anything? Everybody? And I'm like, absolutely, you can have my name. My name is Matthew, and I'm, I'm, you know. And thank you so thank much. Thank you so for much. Being you. And I'm like, I hope you have a great day. And then I see him again, and I, and they're just like, here you go. Oh, I forgot this. And I'm like, don't even worry yeah. about it. Yeah. You're giving me my coffee. You can do whatever the hell you want. You can call me an asshole exactly. if you'd like. Done. And I'll be like, you know what? Write Mark on the cup. I don't care. <laughs> Check Mark asshole. That's yeah. right. There's thank some you. of those. Some of my customers like. Tina and there were several police officers that I really enjoyed having come in and and they I felt like we were friends I mean one of the officers from Roswell how long has he been passed now Matt do you remember when I told you he was one of he was a Roswell police officer he passed away from heart attack several years ago but he was one of my favorite um, customers and he came in every morning and he did not know I had been giving him a triple peppermint mocha for years and he came what? in one morning after I had left and they were, he was like I need a triple this morning and they looked at him and they were like you know she was giving you like a triple every day for the last like three years and he was like really 
He's like, what? No wonder I had such a no, pep in I my step. No wonder I felt great. <laughs> Megan, where are you? I had like, so much after, energy. After about three sips of that, I was like yeah. rearing to go, man. I, it's so true. It's like, I just encourage people. I'm like, just, it sounds so simple, but I'm like, just be kind. It is. It's, it's, it's just a simple thing. And it's so, and I'm like, just, I'm like, even, and it's hard. We all have crap days. Like, ugh. Like, just, I'm, oh I mean, it God, is, it, it, life right. is hard. Adulting is hard. Like, I totally get it. And it's just reminding, like, all right, just be, just be kind, Tina. And I tell myself that I'm like, just be kind and show hope. Like that is, like that is like my life motto. Like, what was the other book um, you mentioned earlier? Oh, there's another book called, um, and I butchering the title a little bit, but it's a selfish plan to change the world. It's one of the best. I highly recommend anyone if you're trying to figure out like what you want to do, what your passion is. Where you want to go, you need some inspiration. I highly, highly recommend, highly recommend this book and get it on get it on Amazon. It's amazing. I might have to get that book. Yeah. So good, I love it. Struggling with life choices and thinking you're supposed to go one way, and it's then hard. you you know you get there and you're like, oh, well, I think over and over again when we talk to people, and we haven't done that many interviews, but when we talk to people, it's like people continuously throughout their lives start over my dream right now would be to be on the border like in mexico like working Just waiting with, right yes working with the families that come, are come, come 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 i'm here forced into detention like and so that is my dream so that would be something i would want to do like i'd have whatever my social work career is but would to be like on an emergency call right so, or if there's a natural disaster you know bringing there you social go workers yeah in and stuff like that so that i'm oh, sorry that is like <laughs> what i eventually want to yeah. do and just have that as my way to serve and to give back. Um, cause in social worker, we believe in like a part of our, part of our code is to give back and do pro bono. And that is something I want to do to serve my community and to serve the world All to right. be like, Hey, here are these skills that I've learned. And I want to be able to help people that are in crisis who maybe couldn't afford it or who don't know how to get access to resources or there's so much pain and hurt just coming in and being like, I'm here. Like, right. let, you need to cry. Like, let's just cry. Like, cry you need, like, let's just cry it out. Absolutely. Just come here. You cry. I'll cry because you're crying. Yes. Somebody in the porn over there, they'll start crying. Just, we it's can not, all just have our feelings. Right. Just let it out. So, yes, yeah, so that would be my dream would be to be able to volunteer in that capacity. Like, yeah. whether in through immigration, whether through human trafficking, however that looks like no because i mean here in georgia like you said before atlanta is one of the biggest or is the biggest hub for sex trafficking and so i think that would be a good place to start for sure for um for helping people with to i mean atlanta's probably got a lot of people that really need some some help i'll tell you that was when when i moved back when i was living overseas and i knew i was supposed to come back to america that was something i really had to deal with because i was not happy yeah about coming back because in my mind i was like was it the fact that you were like you felt like you were like leaving them at kind of in my mind i was like there i'm in the you know i'm in these countries and i am you know, you are just seeing, you know, depths of poverty, just pain and hurt and exploitation of families and children. And in my mind, I'm like, here is privileged America. <laughs> I was like, there's no way. And I'm, and this is just me being vulnerable. I was like, there's no way my behind is going back there to like serve people that don't deserve it. 
I mean, I had to, and it was like, it was a big struggle. It was like six months before my visa was up and I knew I was supposed to be back in America. I knew that's what it was. And I was not happy about it. Right. And I had, and I had a lot of anger and resentment because I was like, I am here and there's so much pain and hurt and there's just lack of resources. And I mean, basic lack of food, lack of water. I mean, just basic needs, people that are starving and then here there is in America, people are pissed because they can't get their food fast enough. I mean, I, it was this such a struggle. And then finally, I was just like, OK, I've got to like reconcile this because I can't I can't be bitter. I can't be angry. I can't have this like malice or this hate. And so and it was quite a sobering experience. And I just for me, the Holy Spirit just said to me, Tina, you will serve my children overseas, but you will not serve my children in your home country. Yeah. And I was like, all right, I'm going to repent now. Thanks. Like, I mean, it was a very sobering experience because I was like, you know what? That is correct. Like, why do I think one child deserves it more than the other? And then when I came back here and I, and I was doing school and like getting into it and then, cause I'd been away for so long. I then started learning. I started pulling up all these statistics on Cherokee County and all these and all these statistics on like kids. So many kids that are on free lunch. How many kids? At the time when I pulled up the, well, the statistics, this was like three years ago. It was like six percent of children in Cherokee County live in poverty. That's a problem. Right. And I was like, and I really then came to peace where I was like, there are people here that are hurting. Yeah, people and here. And for in me, I don't too. get to prioritize who earns it or not, my job is to serve. And that is to serve whatever demographic, whatever population that looks like, and that it's a privilege to do that. Right. And so that really, and then just as I've been studying and just learning more about the community, because it's changed so much, I am like, there's just as much need. Right. It's just not as visible. Right. And like you were saying with the, that's why I think it's so cool that you are getting involved with education because kids are in school for so long and you're, you're so you know, vivacious and like excited about. They love like, the tats. You know, <laughs> <laughs> and when you wear cool clothes, yeah, they're like she, she's, she's cool, she's cool. a cool I, old person. Yes, you know, because they <laughs> might I see, talk to her. Right, you wear some, you know, you're just like one of these plaintiffs. Like I don't know if I want, but they right. see someone she's like in a suit. okay, she's in the know. <laughs> I think okay, I'll talk I'll to her. her. I'll chat with her, and then you get them talking yeah. about their deepest, darkest secrets. And beautiful. It's awesome man well i think in the high schools too or even i mean even i guess in elementary yeah. schools you could still catch kids oh, that huge, are being trafficked huge. i mean in, oh yes absolutely i do absolutely you know you worry you worry about that because oh, you yeah. worry i mean think about it i worry about my kids but i also worry about the kids that go to school with my kids like i know that some of those kids are not in the yeah. best of situations like not that's all true. of them live with both of their parents yeah. i mean my kids are very that's not you know that they live with both of their parents and they have both sets of their grandparents and you know that's not the situation for everybody yeah. and so that's what i'm saying even from elementary school up these children here are just as vulnerable yeah. to be sex trafficked and to be manipulated and it's to true. be hurt because yeah. they're not being taken right. care of. A lot of times they are alone. Right. A lot of times they're not, like you said, maybe they are hungry. I mean, like, well, I, like I said, I go out there and I volunteer and some of those kids don't eat that yeah. lunch. I mean, cause you know, yeah. it's school lunch, but you're like, baby, you need you, to eat. You yeah. need food. Yeah. I mean, I don't, you know. I At least drink the milk. Yeah. Just, <laughs> are you happy to drink let the me, milk? What's your choice? Which right. one? Just choose Let one. me just see you put something, yeah. you know, in your stomach. Because, 
you got to go the rest of the day. Yeah. You need the energy. Right? Yeah. yeah. So, but that's why I'm saying like, you don't, you don't know. Yeah. And we don't know what's going on, but you know, and that's, that's my biggest thing is trying to get people involved in our own community Absolutely. to see the signs because as much as we like to think we see a lot of stuff, our field of vision is very, right. very narrow. Sure. It's Absolutely. like, yeah. you know, I see this room right now and I don't even see all of it because I'm focused on you, which is great. But in the reality outside of this room that's going on is huge. And we don't, like, yeah. how can you comprehend all of that? So I'm just like you said, there are little signs along yeah. the way that you can pick up or you know like you said at the school if you see it yeah right maybe go ahead and say something yeah. don't and let it fester or get maybe yeah. or don't see it one time and it doesn't happen right. again and you don't you you miss it the next time or it gets worse totally. and now they're beat up or something right. like that you know i think because we've done the school had a training on that oh, okay. like to um they had a free training on um the signs of abuse Wow, that's awesome. That was really hard to go through, it's actually. It's, it is. It's like, because hard. they're like, you know, you're, this is what you need to look for. And yeah. they had pictures of Ooh, kids that yeah. had been abused. It's intense. It really is. It's very intense. But I feel like, I feel like we should all do it. Yeah. Absolutely. I feel like we should all have, no matter what our political views are or whatever, I think you should have a training that goes through, hey, these are the signs of abuse. Yeah. If a kid comes to school and they've got, a black eye yeah. or there's a weird like red mark across their arm that looks like they've been hit with a wire because that was one of the examples right. on that test like how often does that happen like i guess more often right. anything it does maybe that's what i was like who yeah why would you Who's do beating that? the children i always wires. share with people too if a child tells you something believe them yeah because a lot of times our natural reaction might be to say oh no you're just kidding but maybe that was the one chance because they saw they could trust you yeah. and they shared with you. So I always share with people regardless because I always because people say, well, what if they lie? Then my response is there's always a reason to a behavior. Yeah. So whether it's true or untrue, there's a reason why it's true, but there's also a reason why it's untrue. Well, right. I think that and it's so it's just, I always just share with people. I'm like, if, the, if a child is vulnerable enough to share something with you and you are a mandated reporter and especially you know that you need to say something just believe them because the worst thing that it is is it ends up being okay we've checked it out everything's good yeah well you know I what i mean like even, that is what's gonna happen right. even if a child lies sometimes it's not a lie sometimes it was a yeah. misunderstanding i mean we've even had that but we went right. directly and there's to the all, school. But always and if you are listening to this or watching this and you are struggling and you need help like feel free to call like the national like trafficking hotline the national suicide hotline call um you know your local police department call you know if you're not sure what to do just go to your police department go to your fire department call 911 like whatever it is you need if you're struggling you're not alone and that there are people that care about you and that see you and that you are valued and so it's like there is help and please know that you are not alone that is like the biggest thing i just always want people to grasp and do you have any other tips for people like just like for me and matt if we're yeah. out or whatever or anybody Absolutely. in our community tips i always share with people it's like if you see something and you're like hmm that's off nine times out of ten you're gonna go with your gut yeah and so it's like if you see something call they're like in cherokee county there's like a 
concerned citizens hotline, like call the hotline, call the police department. And the best thing I always tell people, try to remember as many details as possible. Right. So it's like, try to remember the clothes. Like if you can't remember anything else, remember what the person has on, try to get their weight, try to get their height, try to get their hair color, try to get if there's a distinguishing factor, if there's a tattoo, if they're with someone and you think it's a bit sus, try to remember what they look like. So it's like, and it's such this short amount of time and you know, your adrenaline's going. So I always tell people try to remember as many details as possible and then call the local authorities. And if you think if you see something and you're like, hmm, that like if you're at the airport and, you know, because all over the Atlanta airport, there's the, you know, those the trafficking signs, Atlanta airport. It's like if you see a young girl or a young boy with an older man or an older woman and you can see like, OK, they haven't been fed well. There's something that's not off. Why are they in first class together? Why does she look terrified? Because a lot of times, too, it's like when people are in that situation, they're not allowed to talk with people. And if they lock eyes with you and you know there's something right, go to someone in the airport, you know, go to someone in the store. Well, you know, it's like and a lot of times, too, if you're not sure if it's like an unsafe situation, don't engage, go into the store, get on your phone, call, you know, make, you know, make contact, you know, whatever you can do. It's like, just remember what you're seeing. Well, in the airport, we did have somebody here that works at the airport yep. they said that they saw a situation oh, like sure. that because but they can't leave their store right and they called and he gave as much detail as he could but he doesn't know what happened right. in that situation and that's okay he did what he needed to do like, i mean you that, made the call I like that is what mattered do you think that i mean do you think that maybe they find they got to they those people yeah i mean sure. to me it's like I feel like maybe Hartsville Jackson, they know there's an issue. Maybe there should be more right. people around. Not, I mean, it, it, they train the people right. to call. But more security, maybe. Yeah. More. Just something. Yeah. Because, like, he felt like I did, you know, like you right, said, did I did what, what I was supposed protocol. to do, right. but I can't leave yeah, my store absolutely. and follow them. Um, you know, like if you're at work or whatever, yeah. I mean, I guess the best thing you could do is take a picture, say, hey, yeah. this is where I saw them totally. going. Um, but like you said, that adrenaline and everything, but I don't want people to think that, you know, like, like he did, you know, like, what if I did, no, didn't and make that, a difference. And the thing is, he did all he could do. Yeah. Like, he followed protocol, he did what he needed to do, done. Like, his conscience was fully clear. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Because you've got, and same type of thing, it's like, if you're not sure, if you just made the call, then you did one step above the other 50 people that were around you. That's true. You know what I mean? It's like, you know, it's like you made the call, you made it aware and that's, that's all you can do. And it's just, again, it's just about being aware of your surroundings. And it's like, and if you're not sure, I always say people call the national human trafficking hotline, just call it. Like if you're not sure, make the report and then they can do what they need to do. I just feel like sometimes people don't say anything because they're like, it's not my business. For sure. And I don't. Or they're like, oh, or a lot of times too, well, someone else will do it. Yeah. You know, someone else will say something and that could be very true, but it's also too, you could be that person. Yeah. Yeah, and I think you could be you could be that person that's like, okay, I'm gonna step out. And it is uncomfortable. Like no one wants to make that phone. Well, you call. don't want your picture yeah. on Facebook either. Like, <laughs> right. This person, like, great, perfect. This person stopped and talked to these young kids right. in this neighborhood. We want to make sure they're not a pervert. And I understand that. Totally. <laughs> like it, you know, it's like you gotta be aware. That's actually happened in Cherokee County. I believe it. 
I saw the post. I was like, the old guy stopped to talk to these kids to make sure that they were okay, sure. just like you did. And then they posted his picture on Facebook. Like, we, this man right. stopped to talk to these kids. He's just, uh, you know, like, now right. am I a suspect? So, you know, we do make it. <laughs> right. It is. I mean, <laughs> it's like the, it's, it's like the hamster wheel. Yeah. 22, man. It's the hamster wheel. Totally. Totally, totally. But yeah, and I talk with people too. It's like find out about, you know, if you want to volunteer, it's like find out about local nonprofits or if there's a church or a temple, an organization like that you want to be involved in, like totally look and see. Nine times out of 10, they have volunteer training. Like they're super flexible with hours. See if there's something for you, uh, you know, and then you're giving, you know, you're giving back, you know, and it feels good to give back as well. Does your church do volunteer stuff like so that? So our so within our church we they've got so many different things, but like we just did like a huge backpack drive, like at the beginning of the school year. And so people could pick a backpack, fill it up. It was like I think twenty bucks like to fill up the backpacks and then we brought them back and then they distributed all these backpacks to families that were in need in the community. It's like you can do that a lot of times at Christmas, different organizations, you can donate gift cards so that then the parents can go and they're able to buy gifts for their kids at Christmas. You know, it's just like those little things like must ministries, you can donate food like for people that need that in the community. And there's just so many options and it's like, you just find the right fit that's for you. You know what I mean? Cause it's like, for me, a fit for me would not be working at an animal shelter. And that's okay. A fit for me would be, you know, working with teens. And mm-hmm. sometimes working with teens is not a fit for you. Well, then maybe volunteer at like the senior citizen center in your yeah. county. Oh, yeah. You know, it's like you find what is a fit for you. And then you then are just going to grow and blossom. And you're going to be making a difference like in such tangible ways. Because people are seen and they're known. It's true. Well, I want to thank you for coming on oh, the podcast. So much. I just feel, I feel like honestly, like, you know, you've opened my eyes a little bit. I don't know about Megan and Matt. I'm sure there's is, is as well. And you know, we're going to make sure and have all these links, anything mm. at the bottom of the page. So if people do see something, they can say something. Absolutely. So remember if you see something, say something. And we just want to say thank you to Tina. Oh, thanks for having and me. Help. I need an adult. And we're, you know, again, here at Foglar Studios, and we appreciate you guys listening and watching, and I hope you have a great day, night, whatever it may be.